0: You are listening to The Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with The Wealth Formula Podcast. And uh, before we begin, I'd like to begin by reminding you there's a website associated with this podcast that you should consider checking out. It's called wealthformula.com. There is a plethora of resources there, and uh, you should check that out. You can get a copy of my free book, Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth. There's all sorts of other downloads on there too. You can check it out though. Um, you can also simply text me at 44222 and, and type Wealth Formula, one word. And if you do that, you'll get a free copy of that book as well. And I also want to uh, remind you that there is an accredited investor group that is associated with uh, Wealth Formula It's actually associated with me just you know this is where I am and and I'm talking to you on the wealth formula podcast if that's of interest to you um, definitely you know go to wealthformula.com and click on investor club I got to get to know you before um, before you're really part of the club Um, so there is a process involved but um, we're doing lots of cool stuff there so check that out if you have not done so already um, again, wealthformula.com. Now, this is actually my first recording um, since the Fourth of July holiday. Actually, the podcast was done before the Fourth, but then I took off, and now I'm recording this intro. Uh, and uh, and I got to tell you, I love getting together with family and watching fireworks and all that stuff. You know, I love the Fourth of July. That's for sure. But the thing that I always feel like is as I'm getting older, it reminds me um, it reminds me of the fact that I was born uh, with an incredible advantage that the vast majority of you uh, were born with as well and that is the opportunity to grow up as an American and do not underestimate that what that means. I am two generations away from poverty in india my dad came to this country in the late 1960s as a talented engineering uh, student on a scholarship uh he of course uh was uh before long possessed by this american spirit this american spirit that i think is really the entrepreneurial spirit and went on to become well he went on to become a millionaire um you know, he took his, his lumps and his ups and downs, but that's what he did. And he came from a family that literally did not have, you know, enough food to eat at times. And so, and then look at me now talking about wealth, talking about wealth, you know, my and, and my grandparents' generation uh, barely was able to uh, scrounge up enough food. You know, a buddy of mine, and this isn't, so this isn't just about immigrants either. You know, a buddy of mine grew up with, uh, I think, I want to say you said six siblings uh, and a single mother, and uh, they're on food stamps. And he was talking about how, you know, a lot of times there just wasn't much food around, right? Sounds like a pretty dire situation. And now, uh, he's one of my good buddies here in Santa Barbara, and he's, you know, he's a millionaire entrepreneur, where else in the world does this happen where else do we have such you know social mobility i mean you know you can talk about how yeah the middle class is kind of kind of shrinking in that but we still are you know heads and shoulders above other countries in opportunity and look at the class system right we don't really have a class system which is probably the biggest problem Uh, to social mobility england for example still has something called the house of lords that's part of their government right they have this branch of their government called the house of lords and in order to qualify for the house of lords you have to be born into you know you have to be a lord you have to be born a lord type i guess you have to be part of a lineage i mean seriously come on i mean we've had you know We got Hillbilly, Bill Clinton, Slick Willie, you know, I actually like Bill Clinton, but I mean, that guy, man, alcoholic father raised by his mother. And then you got Obama who again, you know, not being political here, but look at the guy's background, right? Father's a drug addict and leaves his mother. And then he's president of the United States. Yeah, we we don't have the House of Lords here, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, United States of America. And sure, it's not a perfect system, but you know what? There is no other country in the world that provides the opportunity to its people the way that the United States does. And you can bitch all you want about this country. But remember, you can bitch about this country because you live here. And for those who I hear about this all the time, you know, in this sort of podcasting circle about fleeing to other countries because you think the U.S. economy is going down. Well, good riddance if you go. I mean, do you really think that if the world goes into financial meltdown that you will be better off anywhere else in the world than the United States? Do you think that hiding in a third world country will serve you better than being in the greatest country in the history of the world. Do you? Really? Good luck to you then. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you appreciate this country the way I do. We've got it good. And being an American is the biggest reason that I believe that no matter where you are today, I know you can be wealthy. You know? All you gotta do is just gotta tap into that inner, inner immigrant because we're all immigrants. You know, I'm, I'm just a generation away that some of you might be part of that Puritan ship, but you're still, you know, you still had uh, somebody in your lineage with the cojones to get on a boat and leave and look for better things, right? Just tap into that inner immigrant and let it flow. Look at the opportunities around you. The only thing stopping you uh, is fear of the unknown. You know, sometimes it's, it's the fact that we have money, that we're so successful. We get the golden handcuffs. The truth of the matter is we just get fat, right? We're fat and happy. And that is, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing in your way. No one is in your way. You control your destiny. And that's what it means to be an American. And if you disagree, then that's great. Let me know. Go to wealthformula.com leave a message to me on SpeakPipe and speak your mind so that you can be on the next Ask Buck show, and we'll play it. But, um, well, speaking of Ask Buck, that was my lead-in to this week's show, which, of course, is an Ask Buck show. Uh, And joining me will be Lynn Kawaoka, because it's always nice to have somebody with you when you're answering these questions uh, to get a different perspective. So when we come back, it is With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. All right, everybody, we are here back in Wealth Formula Podcast. We're doing something that we do once in a while it's a little hangout with uh lane kawaoka uh who i always pronounce lane kawaka uh, <laughs> and he and he never corrects me but i heard him say kawaoka once recently and i was like oh okay you know sometimes it's like one of those things right lane where you don't want to you know you've known somebody long enough and you don't you you might forget their name or you might forget. um you know, something about them that's kind of embarrassing. I think that's kind of what happened. In this case, you just were kind enough not to uh not to mention it to me. So I appreciate that. So Lane is the uh is a reminder, the podcast host of what is that name of that podcast, Lane? The
1: simple passive cash flow.
0: Simple passive cash flow. It's not difficult. It's not active, but it is cash flow, right? And um and so it's, it's a good show check it out uh, a lot of engineers listening to it a lot of uh, how would you describe your audience
1: i'd say like it engineer types uh, definitely like guys who like to wear propeller hats and like to get into the numbers
0: yeah get into the numbers and yeah. do you have a or the people who listen to it or would you call them people who are active investors, passive investors, people looking, I mean, what's, you know, cause we, what we try to do here is try to bring, you know, the, the um, you know, I think uh, if I had to, sometimes I think a funny way to describe the show would be figuring out how to make the rich get richer. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: I'm like, I guess I would say, you know, we're kind of like the nouveau rich, right? Like a lot of these yeah. guys, they make 150,000 right out of college. And yeah, they're going to be accredited for sure. I mean, well before their 40th birthday, but it's, you know.
0: What is 40 old or something? Is that, is that what you mean by that? Well, when you're 25, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. you're and not. you're
1: working for Amazon, you're making $120,000 for some, with some uh, marketing degree. It is. Right,
0: right. That's true. That, that is indeed true. So today, you know, we were going to do, <clears throat> part of what we're going to do is an ask, uh, Ask Buck show here and it's always fun to do that with Lane rather than uh without Lane um yeah, it's,
1: did it's a little awkward reading those questions by yourself huh
0: yeah it is a little bit awkward and so you know Lane is kind enough to step in and, and chat and and you know it's also nice to get a little bit more uh follow ups and stuff because uh, you know you can get one question may not be quite answering it from the full uh you know, three hundred sixty degree angle, but um. So what? uh, So I don't know if you've got the questions yet. I think Phil was sending them. Does he? Have you got them yet? Um. No.
1: No. I need. I
0: think we need a filler story. They haven't come through yet. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Tell me what you've been up to.
1: Uh, I just finished a couple raises uh, mm-hmm. for a couple apartment deals. So filled that up, and then.
0: What kind of apartment realized, buildings
1: were these? Uh, Class C value add multifamily, mm-hmm. 100, 114 unit type
0: yeah and, and and where were they
1: uh one was atlanta and one one was huntsville so one one kind of interesting thing is you know nobody's really looking in dallas these days unless you want to kind of bang your head against the wall so everybody's kind of scattering to dfw houston and in other parts of the country i think Atlanta's going to be coming on strong here in the next year or two
0: atlanta's two. been strong for a long time though
1: yeah but as like the 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 place where all like the smarter money is going to, you know, not like the Dallas of a few years ago.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing that, that it brings, brings to mind though, is like, where do you invest these days? Because everybody says that we're at the top of the market and mainstream people say it, the, you know, the chicken littles of the world say it. Everybody says we're at the top of the market. So if we're at the top of the market, what what's uh, what's safe harbor what do you what do you invest in like what are you looking at at this point
1: i guess you know something that cash flows that's stabilized right that's going to cash flow regardless if there's a recession and then you look for that loan term to be able to outride any kind of recession so any maybe 7 years might be a little too short but definitely 10 or 12 years will get you through there it's not just think-
0: the loan term though the one thing that remember the things that got people in trouble Back in uh, 2008, 2009, even people who were cash flowing. um, Listen, if you're doing single family homes and you've got no loan covenant, a value covenant, loan to value covenant or something like that, then then you're fine. You can do whatever as long as you're cash flowing Then you don't care. But in commercial property, you've got not only the cash flow issue, but in but you've also got um, typically you're going to have some kind of a loan covenant. And what that means is that the bank was willing to give you a certain amount of leverage, whether that is 75% or 80% leverage. You know, a lot of times with primary markets like Arizona and Texas and, and Atlanta, you know, you get, a you get up to 80% leverage. So if you're taking that full 80% leverage, uh, what you've got to hope is that when there is a, an appraisal on the property and typically they're happening, what every, I think every 18 months or something like that, um, that cap rates have not decompressed so much that even though you're cash flowing, your loan covenant is no longer uh, valid. In other words, you might be cash flowing, but you may not have a maximum of 80% leverage based on what the appraisal was. Now, you could all of a sudden, uh, because of the value, it could be eighty-five uh, percent leverage, right? Does that right. make sense? And if you do that, that's when you get in trouble in these markets. That's what happens, and in, in these markets where all of a sudden, even though you are cash flowing, you get a call for the bank saying, "Hey, hey, you owe us, uh, you know, you owe us uh, half million bucks." What do you mean? I am cash flowing. I am paying on time. Well we did an appraisal, and your property isn't worth as much. That's the real risk in this kind of environment. Right. 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 Uh, Robert Kiyosaki was telling me a story about how that happened in one of his commercial properties in, in Phoenix back in 2008. Um, and uh, he was cash flowing just fine, and he couldn't figure out, well, why are these guys calling me and asking me for more money? I'm cash flowing like crazy in this thing. Well, that's what it was. So how do you avoid that's the question, right? Because that's the biggest risk in my view. And uh, so looking at properties that cash flow alone is, um, is probably, even that is probably just not safe enough right now. I think what you have to look at, first of all, is primary markets for the most part. And the reason I say that is especially if you're looking at Loan to value covenants. Typically, you're going to get you're going to get much uh, more leverage in a primary market than you are a secondary or tertiary market. In other words, in a Phoenix, in a Dallas, and in Atlanta, your loan covenant may be that the maximum leverage you get is eighty percent, right? Right. Whereas, as you know, if you try to buy a property in Oklahoma, a Fannie may, uh, you know, debt may only be Seventy percent leverage, right? Right. So, so you're, not- what
1: you're saying is, in, in a time in tough times, the banks are going to be like, okay, the second tier places, the Oklahomas, the Waco, Texases, you guys are we're going to go after.
0: even No, go and that's not that. what I'm saying. Right off the bat, if you try to get debt today, the the debt the loan covenant typically okay, you know, say you're going, say you're going to a fanny you're you're trying to get debt, right? And for passive investors, this is important too to understand for where you're investing. But say you've got a property and it's in Dallas or maybe it's in Phoenix, one of these primary markets, typically the bank is willing to give you up to 80% leverage on that property, right? If it's not like a D class property, it's like, you know, maybe it's a B. B minus, maybe even a C plus property, you may, you, you get 80%, they'll give you 80% leverage. They I said, you need 20% equity to take this thing down. Right. Now, um, the challenges, uh, the challenges in a secondary market, you know, you may get, uh, you know, it may be 70%, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my big concern is like, where does the value, where does the value change so precipitously that you start violating the loan covenant because the appraisal doesn't give you uh, give you a good number? Right,
1: right. right. No, that makes sense. So if you yeah, st- different ways,
0: right. So if you stick to a place like a primary market, first of all, your loan covenant is allowing for you to have all the way maybe allowing you up to eighty uh, percent loan to value, right? Not just seventy right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So now you've got it 80% loan to value. So you've got some cushion there. So maybe you're using 72, 73% leverage, but if the market, if the markets decompressed and valuations go down, you still got, you know, close to 10% cushion before you get some sort of capital call. Right. Right. So that's what Uh. you really, that's, that's probably the biggest danger in my view, because the reality is, that like okay, markets dip, they they go in cycles, right? The question is, you know, even if we know that's going to happen, so when it happens, the question is, like, how does that affect me? Well, maybe my cash flow will go down a little bit, but I'm still in a great asset, and when the market turns around, as long as we can keep this property, right? It right. doesn't go back uh, because because of a loan covenant, then you'll be fine. And in my opinion, this is where a lot of uh, a, a lot of syndicators who are relatively inexperienced and 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 going after a lot right now. This is where people potentially could get in trouble because um, the, there's a couple of different ways that you can safeguard yourself against this kind of a, a problem as a passive investor. First of all. Try to figure out how much leverage is being taken out and figure out what the covenant is, right? Make sure that there's some cushion there. Second of all, I wouldn't touch anything that wasn't really value add because if you can drive net operating income up, that's going to also help you to make sure that your value of your property comes out in such a way that it's going to, again, decrease the risk of you violating your loan covenant.
1: Right. Right. And, and you can ask that by asking, well, what's the rehab per unit? Usually anything less than $3,000 per unit.
0: Or you just can just say, what's your, pig. or you can just say, what's your loan covenant? I mean, with Fannie Mae, what, what kind of loan are you getting with Fannie Mae? You know, um, this group that, you know, I've been working with now, I won't even say their name, but they actually are one of the few groups in the country that, uh, that's given out a hundred percent, uh loan to value they don't take it but that's what they're given right so that makes things a little safer but right
1: and that's when you're doing this the super high um value massive add massive
0: value dollars right. per unit yeah more. yeah 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 massive value add plays right right um anyway yeah so you got those questions yet so phil sent it over in an audio format um
1: i think on your end probably better if you on your YouTube. Well, I tell you what. Why don't, why don't why
0: don't why don't you go ahead and play it, and then uh, you know Phil will go back and and make the audio a little bit better. Okay, let me just. Hi Buck, I really enjoy listening to your podcast on a regular basis, and the most recent podcast that I listened to uh, was regarding the raw land opportunity. I was wondering if you had the opportunity yourself to look into that. I think it was Mark Podolsky, of Land, Land Geek uh, podcast, was talking about some opportunities there, and I didn't know if you took advantage of that opportunity. I would love to learn about that more uh, if you've had any experience from that. Yeah, great question. Great question. I'm getting a lot of that question. And first of all, let me just say this: is that one? Um, so Mark Podolsky was on uh, the show not too. long. Uh, it was a few weeks ago. Have you had him? On your show lane?
1: Yeah, I think about a year ago, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I like the idea, right? Like, it's all about automation.
0: Yeah, I mean, large, so effectively, the business model is this, is that, you know, you um, how do you cash flow with land? It almost sounds like it doesn't make sense, right? But really what it is, is trying to find land at a good price and then um, seller financing it to somebody for a lot more money And in a lot of cases, whatever you paid for it, potentially you can, um, you can, you know, you can have that as a down payment, then it takes your risk off the table. The rest of it is infinite return. Um, it's a, it's a,
1: or selling it really quickly. And then you just get that velocity of money.
0: Right, right. Or you could do that, right. You could either flip or you could flip land too. in, in which case, you know, the returns can be pretty high. Um, so. So I'm glad I'm glad you asked the question when you did, because so when I heard this show, I was before I met Mark, I'd heard about this and I was like, yeah, and it sounds a little bit too good to be true. And that's why I wanted to have him on and just kind of, you know, talk about this a new concept. And then um, but Mark, when I, I got sort of talking to him, even before we podcast, I didn't realize he's a smart guy I and mean, he's like a bank, ex banker. He's a finance guy. He's not, you know hey, man, let's make some money kind of guy, you know, um, Not a newscaster. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's another story altogether. Right. But um, but he told me how it worked. And that was pretty interesting. And I was like, I still don't know this guy very well. You know, maybe I will, you know, maybe I'll just kind of You know, maybe I'll sign up and be a guinea pig, but I didn't end up doing that because I decided I wanted to like get a little bit deeper in notes, and I don't want to get derailed by another shiny object. In the meantime, I've now talked to two people who, independently, not as referrals from Mark, have gone into this course and ended up making making money. So they're making money. That's a pretty good uh, indication. Uh, One of the guys I actually interviewed. On the show, um, you know, a few weeks ago, it might have been even the last show that we played. I don't know when this one's going out, but um, and we're not talking about like, you know, massive amounts of effort. I mean, these guys put in some work. They tried hard. They kind of bootstrapped it. They probably did it, um, you know, even with without going into the highest level product, and they were actually cash flowing. So. As to whether I have personal experience, the answer is no. But having no, but I can tell you that there's at least two people I know who've done the program, uh, who and at varying levels. One guy did like the absolute basic one, in which I can't imagine how you would, um, how long it would take to you know actually get, learn that part of it. But um, but they're both making money. I have not heard of anybody. Uh, And not that there isn't, but I haven't heard anybody complain about it, which is, you know, which is a really good thing, because usually, you know, when I have somebody on the show and somebody talks about a product, I get somebody emailing me and saying, "Ah, that's a bunch of BS. Now, Mark is not Mark is a good salesman. But on the other hand, what I will say is that um, any product like this is going to require effort. So. I know at least two people who've made money. That means money can be made. It doesn't mean that you will make money, right? So that's what I'll leave you with. I will, and one final plug on that, because I've, I've had at least two people say good things about this, I put it, uh, an affiliate link to Mark's program on my website. I've not had an affiliate link for a product before, so that's saying something. So... So if you're going to do it, at least use my affiliate link. So Mark pays me whatever, like, you know, 10 bucks of whatever he gets from you. So uh, on wealthformula.com. So, yeah. Uh, Any other comments on that, Lane?
1: Yeah. I mean, for people who don't really know what it is, I mean, basically you're buying land and the people who, who have land to sell are extremely unsophisticated. I mean, a lot of these guys don't even use the Internet. So that's inherently why you're picking up these properties at a good value and you're kind of using the internet, like Facebook ads and, and, you know, Facebook marketplace to sell off the land to the neighbors. Um, it's kind of the gist of it. Of course it's very complicated, but I think you, would you'd probably say, Buck, you know, this is more an active.
0: There's role. no question. This is a hustle. I have, so, so this is important. Um, because Lane is, is, uh, Lane is, uh, also a member of wealth formula network, which I'll love to get your comments on in a few minutes, but, we uh it's it's our forum uh which uh, uh which people who have gotten into the course and who are doing this are part of our forum and then we have bi-weekly calls and one of the sections in there um in the forum we're we're talking we're reviewing basically or getting people's experiences on what i call side hustles because this isn't investing okay that's the key here i mean the land geek stuff, Mark stuff, is not investing. It's a it's it's a business opportunity, is what it is. Because it's not going to be easy. Maybe you can automate a bunch of it, but you're going to have to learn a lot about it. Um, you're going to have to put a little capital up. You're going to need to spend a little bit of time. But you know, I mean, the returns uh, that people are getting are business level returns, right? They're they're a lot more than you would get from investing. You know, in in a good piece of of cash flowing real estate, so it's definitely a side hustle.
1: Right, right, and I think you know you're kind of we're both one, right? We're ex professionals. I'm still working day job, but you have this entrepreneur itch that you're trying to scratch. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it for that. But for a lot of the folks listening, probably sorry, stay at your day job. That's yeah. probably your highest investment. Maybe.
0: Use. Maybe I think, though, the people that I talk to do have day jobs and they're still making it happen. I would say if you are willing to commit, literally, really commit four or five hours a week to something just to do as a side hustle, then do it. It'll make you more money. It'll If you do it right, you'll make more money than driving for Uber four or five hours a week. You know, how's that Uber going for you, by the way? I'm just kidding. No, I'm no. Kidding. no. Kidding. I mean, there was
1: that somebody said they could sell their testicle for thirty-five thousand dollars in there. But yeah, that's right. another way of making money.
0: Yeah, but they only offered you <laughs> twenty, right? Isn't that? Wow. Okay. No.
1: Well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mine was not for sale.
1: Anyway, um, that's two
0: turnkey rentals, right there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, but 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 you know, to the extent that this guy, one of the guys who was telling me about it, I think. His total return was well, you know, what he had done was, um, he'd made all this money that he he um, invested back in the first year, uh, with the amount of money he made. So, so the returns can be really high, but that's what you would expect with a business. I mean, you don't work yeah. your tail off for twelve percent cash on cash.
1: Yeah, and you, you know, know, there's a lot of these groups, right? Like, there's mobile home investing. Of obviously, the plethora of apartment investing groups. You're in the doing the note stuff, and there's these these two tiers, right? The $25,000 plus tier of, of mentorship, but then the cheapo version, the five, you know, the $5,000 less, you get the video sets and stuff like that. You know, what, what's your kind of thoughts if someone is just going to put in four hours a week and kind of dive in halfway? You, well, you I think the big one or.
0: Yeah. Um, I, it's, my nature is always to do the big one. Right. And, uh, I, I won't, uh, I I'll talk about the, what I'm doing right now, some other time when i when I have some more experience with it, but suffice it to say it was, uh, you know, 40 grand for me to get in, to do this. And <clears throat> the reason I do that is I don't see, um, I don't see these things as, uh, expenses. I see them as investments. Um, you know, like I said, Last year, I think I spent somewhere about $100,000 between masterminds and educational events. But it ended up, it'll end up producing seven figures. So it's a 10x investment. And it's not with necessarily information either, Lane. You have to look at it from multiple of, of areas, right? A lot of it is just people I met because I was part of a group. I mean, that alone is like, you know, you know, that's 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 hard to quantify. But you, if you find somebody that you do business with because of a group and the next thing you know, you've made a half million dollars because of it. I mean, you, it has to track back to what you initially did. So anyway, the reason I pay most of the time, though, is because I'm a big believer in saving time. And I always find that if you pay, you pay the top level, you get handheld more, you you, you know, you you get. You get all of the trade secrets up front without having to ask. That's what I do. But in this case, I don't think that that's necessarily. Mark Mark doesn't push it either. I think, you know, there are some people in our in our own um, wealth formula network who who are doing it now who did pay the top level tiers for that. And we'll see how it goes. We'll even talk about it. So, um, but I think really these things should be seen as investments. And if you're not seeing them in, as investments, you're not thinking of the world the right way. Um, my, you know, let's let's look at our my mastermind right now, right? I mean, damn, twenty five thousand dollars a month? Screw that! I'm one hundred ninety seven dollars a month, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's pretty cheap uh, with the with the course and everything. But you know, it's again, I think that most people who are who are in it. Who are part of Wealth Formula Network and have taken the course? You know, uh, uh, your roadmap to real wealth would would tell you that it's more than just the course; it's the community, it's the biweekly calls, it's everything involved. So, but yeah, I mean, I I think for me personally, I always I always go for the highest level deal just because I'm afraid of of missing out on something, and I want to yeah. compress time as much as possible.
1: Go big or go home, right?
0: Yeah, that's my philosophy.
1: All right, let's queue up this other question from Mr. Chris here.
0: <clears throat> oh,
2: hi, Buck. My name is Chris Eggleston. I'm a uh, young engineer in the South Bay here in um, Hawthorne. Right now, I'm in Redondo Beach. It's a beautiful day. Um, and I'm brand new into investing. Uh, looking at my first investment real estate purchases here in the coming months. And you said in one of your podcasts, actually, with uh, Kevin Buff, I just listened to it and heard about your your website. And you said your network is your net worth. So my question is, how do I get um, how do I get connected here in the South Bay? I've seen tools like Meetup, and I'm you know actively subscribing and looking into the next couple of weeks what's on the agenda with some of the investment groups nearby. But what would you recommend as far as like you said, not just reading books, but surrounding yourself with a successful team, and maybe finding some mentors that have have already done something like this. Anyways, hope you're having a great day, and thank you so much for your time. I look forward to hearing back. Talk to you later on. Bye bye.
0: Well, I mean, for for what? Well, thanks for the question. the The first question is, where do you find them? I mean, well, I mean, and I hate to keep plugging this, but but Wealth Formula Network is made exactly for that purpose is so that you get a lot of people of like mind. um, And, um, you know, even the the course itself has got a lot of my personal advisors, but then you get inside the course and then you have other people who are part of this whole Wealth Formula Network in the mastermind. Now, a lot of ways that the best way to get get referrals, to get hooked up, ultimately is just through other people's... um, other people's contacts, you know, it's it's a different kind of leverage. We talk about other people's money all the time, right? But it's other people's contacts as well. It's um, you know, how do how if if Lane, for example, um, you know, if if Lane frequently will, will you know if if he has a question or if he finds out there's an opportunity, he'll say, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And if I do, I'll say, "Yeah, I like the guy," or no, I don't like, no, I don't know the guy or yeah, but I don't like the guy (laughs) or something like that. And so that's basically kind of, you know, it's as simple as that really, right? Now, I will say the problem that you'll have when you got, you know, when you go to like real estate, uh, these RIAs and other types of local groups, it sort of depends what you're trying to do, right? Right. Uh, if you're, if you're out there trying to find investors, for example, the absolute wrong place to be is an area because everybody in the group there is trying to find investors. There's nobody actually trying to invest their money. If you're trying to find other people who are just generally interested in real estate, it might be worth it. But again, in my experience, a lot of the times, a lot of these groups are just people who are interested in learning and they don't know any more than you. Um, but I will defer to uh, a, another engineer here because I think he's closer to what you're talking about in terms of his, uh, this world. And um, in fact, you probably should listen to Lane's podcast because this is kind of right up your alley, right, Lane?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking this is kind of my avatar right here—the guy who makes like hundred, hundred fifty thousand a year, um, net worth under two hundred grand. I mean, first question was where do you go? I mean, but I mean, Buck doesn't go to these rias anymore. No, I mean, I, I used to go to them, and I think they're kind of a waste of time now. Um, I mean, you, you have to think you have to surround yourself with similar people, with similar pedigrees. You know, a lot of the people that go to these groups, a lot of them don't have college degrees, and not saying that nothing's wrong with that, right? But they just have a different, different. Um, they don't have money. They got a lot of time and you're kind of the opposite of that so um you know find the room with people like you but a few years ahead of you and that was kind of because i saw you know i grew with doctors lawyers engineers that were a little bit further ahead of me so i kind of tagged along with them
0: yeah it's a challenge though you know i mean i think um you know, especially when you're you're young and you're eager and maybe you just read Kiyosaki's book and you want to go out there and do something. Um, It's like you get super excited. You know, that's like the classic thing. <laughs> right. You read Cashflow Quadrant or, or, or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to invest in real estate and become a millionaire. Right. And then the, the problem is and you're like, OK, now where do I start? Now, if you're like me, you, you go ahead and start and then you end up getting burned badly in your first deal and you learn a lot. But um, but I think, I think the answer to that is it's probably not necessarily in your area. You also have to make a decision at some point, I think relatively early in your professional career, of whether it is, whether you're planning on being, what is it that you like about real estate? What is it that you like about investing in real estate, right? I think a lot of people confuse liking real estate in, with and, and, um, with simply investing in real estate. Because at the end of the day, um, is it that you just like the buildings or is it like, is it what, or do you like what the actual assets do for you? If it's more what the assets do for you, then you really, really, if you've got a full-time job and you're not really thinking that, you know, you're going to go full-time into real estate someday, you really ought to be focusing your time trying to, you know, learn who to invest with. Now, if you're not accredited, there's still, you know, I think sometimes there's some syndications and Lane, you don't always have... You're raising money sometimes for non-accredited people too, if they get to know you, right? Right, um, right. So there are opportunities there. I mean, I I'm not really so much into the turnkey world, but that's another opportunity as well where you don't have to be an operator. Um, getting involved with notes funds, um, American Homeowner Preservation certainly. Um, you know, I don't know that they're open, but there's another way to just create cash flow, and. First and foremost, be honest with yourself. Are you wanting, are you inspired by cash flow or the concept of being in real estate? Are you do you just like hearing about this stuff, but the idea of, you know, tenants turn termites and toilets actually doesn't appeal to you? You know what? It doesn't really appeal to me. I like what real estate does for me. And so I try to stay on a high level on this stuff. And I think Lane, you've kind of gone through that transformation as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a point where I think we call the critical mass point, you know, when your investments are sort of making enough that you can sort of sustain the minimal bare necessities. And I think if you're before that, you know, you, you've got to go out and get your hands dirty a little bit or do it like a turnkey rental or something like that. Um, you know, you're going to get higher returns, a lot more headaches, but that's how you build up your, your equity to get over that critical mass point. And it's different for everybody.
0: Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think you really got to figure out again, going back to this point of what is it that you really, what you really want to do, unless you're like completely in love with real estate, you know, there's no real point in, in becoming an active, you know, operator in there and trying to network with people for that purpose. Um, you know, it just, you know, I was, I was so lane, I go to the, um, Montecito YMCA every day and do the elliptical and I, I'm there usually, you know, I'm there early and it's there about, uh, so everybody else there is at least 75 years old. So I feel, so I feel young and, and virile when I'm there. So that's one of the reasons I go there. But I listen, listen to books and uh, um sometimes podcasts, but usually just books these days. And I started listening to um, again, for probably the 10th time, Think and Grow Rich. And um, it was like the first chapter, again, where he talks about this guy who, Barnes, something Barnes, who said he really wanted to work with Edison, and he made it happen. He wanted to become an associate with Thomas Edison. But one of the first lessons in there was, uh, for for the idea, of, and this is an incredibly powerful book, by the way, if you have not read Think and Grow Rich, you you really should. No matter who you are, you really should, um, because I think it is such probably the most ripped off self help book uh, on the right. face of the earth.
1: Right, everybody, Tony Robbins, all the Jim Rome is all just ripped
0: everybody off. Everybody, it's the same concepts come from this book that was written eighty years ago, right? But one of the stories that I was thinking about on, uh, about there was one of the first rules he had was, you know, and this goes back to the law of attraction, you know, and and you have to think about what you want and thoughts become reality and all this stuff, but he takes it to another level. He says that really you got to just want it so badly that you're willing to burn the ships, Right. So you really, really, uh, you, you want it so badly You want to burn, you'll, that you're willing to burn the ships. In other words, if you want it that badly, if you want to be a full-time you know, real estate operator, then it's time for a career change. And are you willing to do that? If you are, good, and more power to you. <laughs> more power to you. But I think that that's a decision that you got to make. And that's, most people that I talk to, and most people who listen to this show who are interested in investing want to know how to how to take the wealth that they are or take the money that they're making the mass that they're creating at their day jobs and amplify it vis-a-vis uh, investing in a smart way you don't have to burn the you don't have to burn the ships for that
1: you already got a yacht yeah, you know, right.
0: You know, you already got something that you're pretty happy with. You're just trying to upgrade, right? Yeah,
1: I, I think Chris, homeboy Chris here is a little bit, um he's got a little rowboat. I think that's that's kind of the situation he's in. He's starting out. So he's got to probably get a little active. And that might be, you know, it doesn't mean he needs to flip houses or wholesale, but, you know, because he seems like he does a decent job, but maybe, you know, do a little turnkey, play general oper- operator for a little bit, but then. Once he gets that yacht, I mean, kind of just be smart about it.
0: Yeah, because there the other issue is that, and we've talked about this before, Lane. Too, because I think you had a point where I think you had like twelve, um, you know, you had like twelve houses and stuff, right? Twelve single family houses, and you're like, it's actually a lot of work to have twelve single family houses, right? Um, probably right. a lot more work than it would than to have um, to be invested. In a 200 unit apartment building.
1: (laughs) Right. And then, you know, and then I went to, and I did did the apartment mentorship route, paid the, I went big, like how you said, just paid the 25 grand. (laughs) But then I got 18 months into it and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I don't need, you You know, lucky enough that I started early. Like, what do I need?
0: What do you need? You're in North Korea for a while, I
1: heard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what do I need to do that? I can just get my, you know, 15, 20% a year and then, I got my yacht in a way. I mean,
0: it's yeah. not everybody not needs to go through their evolution <laughs> and figure that out. And if something, if something really does give you that insatiable desire to, to burn the boats, then burn the boats. Otherwise now, you know enough and now you can go back and figure out how can I do this in a way where I don't have to, you know, I can keep my day job, but reap all the benefits of, 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 of real estate.
1: Right. And, and I, for guys like, you know, Chris and maybe a little more experienced, we have a few more houses under their belt. I've got like this two part test and I always say, you know, first of all, are you good at being an operator? And that's kind of a, kind of a loaded question. Cause you don't know, you don't have the self-awareness to know that you kind of suck at being an operator. Right. And then the second, the second question is, do you enjoy doing it? Like, cause you're going to be financially free in three to seven years. You know, like you say, begin with the end in mind, and and do something you enjoy. Don't just be a multi-family, classy operator because it's cool.
0: Yeah, right. Um. So you're part of, uh, the, Lane. You're part of this uh, thing, this wealth formula network thing I'm doing. Um. What, uh, what, what do you like about it? What, what, it, I mean, topics and things that we've done. I mean, is it, has it been, um, I think I'm not doing this just to plug. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know.
1: know, so you know how you talk about your gym. Um, my gym is kind of the opposite. I go to the gym that has like, it's iron fitness Hawaii here.
0: Oh yeah. With all the muscle like people. Like
1: a shop. It bodybuilders, you know, they'll, they'll drop their trunks and pose in front of the mirror because oh, they've got wow. a competition coming up. Like it's one of those places where I'm like, the absolutely most outer shape person in there. Hmm. And, uh, that's kind of like, you know, it, it actually works. Cause I'm like, man, I gotta do a few more reps in here, you know, instead of just yeah. hanging out with the octogenarians, listen to thinking girl rich, but <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, uh, <laughs> that's think, my life right there. I think you gotta push it a little bit more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I push in
0: different, I have different talents. Okay. Yeah. I have a different set of talents. Um, I used to
1: sports like swimming, right? And I tried. I like, well,
0: I've had back surgery three times, and uh, I I wish I could be more active. I but you know, but but yeah. So yeah, so but, what were you saying? Um,
1: But yeah, you know, like a guy, a guy like Chris. I think you know, I don't, I don't know if I think he would benefit for being in a group like the, like what you got going. I mean, some of the topics are just really cool and off the wall. You know, what was that monetary installment loan? Like I don't even I, know what. It's like yeah. equity stripping but with businesses.
0: Uh well, yeah. So I mean that's just like the standard, you know, that standard issue for that group is we're also we've got content on there that, you know, sometimes we don't we don't have on the podcast because it's really applying, you know, it's so specific, but in in that case it was like a it was a it was an alternative to a 1031 exchange that basically allows you to defer taxes on a big capital gain. Up to thirty years, um, and take ninety—I think it was ninety-three percent up front. But yeah, I mean, I mean
1: that's—I mean what what I like about it is and we that, talked
0: about Ponzi schemes that we know yeah. of, right? We we exposed some Ponzi schemes. We are, uh,
1: you know who are some bad characters out right. there that people have worked with. I right. mean, what, what I really like about it is, you know, you've got you've got all these topics that you just, it's impossible to write a blog article. I mean, I don't think you could even do a podcast or a webinar. It needs to be more of an inter- interactive call format. And what, what is it? Bi-weekly or monthly? Or something Bi- like well, that?
0: we do bi-weekly calls we're trying to get more and more people to actually participate in the forums, but you know, now I'm putting new content in the forums too. Um, like for example, that, you know, the, the monetizing to- installment sale, I, the, I basically put, I put that in the forum as new content. And then we have some yeah. crypto content, content in there too. Right. So
1: I guess what I like about it is like you know like like the wealth formula banking thing. You know, it, it's there in that webinar format, but you know, you've got actually four or five people on the line and they kind of say how they're using cuz every situation is different.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, and actually that I'm learning stuff from that too. I think uh you know Jer- Jerry Jerry who's in our group um who's awesome. Hey Jerry. He uh, he had this cool technique where, you know, sometimes people get these um, uh, wealth formula, you know, these these insurance products that are theoretically could be used like wealth formula banking, but they're not structured nearly as favorably. So they're, you know, for example, their cash, they don't they don't accumulate as much cash and then their borrowing interest is way higher. Um, than it would be from you know the carriers that we use and so Jerry actually figured out a way like a third-party lender that would um, <clears throat> that would lend at a low rate so that people who had like um, policies like these but maybe they were through Northwestern Mutual or something like that could do the same thing without you know having to uh, you know he's he's owned these policies for 20 years it doesn't make any sense for him to go back and and redo them so so those kinds of things it's like you know they don't come up they're hard to just make an entire show about them but there are these little snippets and then we know exactly who to go to the vendor or the bank you know the person so that's kind of neat but yeah but um yeah so um anything else you have to add today lane i, I know you gotta probably uh do whatever you do but uh <laughs> yeah
1: i gotta go but well i think i'm just gonna call sick the rest of the day I get a doctor's appointment so. yeah
0: yeah well I think your your boss listens to the show and uh so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well listen Lane thanks for being on and thanks for the questions we only had a couple but I think uh we uh we got through some good material here uh Lane once again the show is and I always let you say it because I always mess up the name for some reason simple passive cash flow simple passive cash flow check it out uh Lane Kawaoka one of my first uh, guests on my show and I think I was one of the first guests on your shows too so we go we go way back at least a year and a half <laughs> yeah 100 or
1: so episodes ago
0: <laughs> yeah all right man thanks again all right talk all to right. everybody all right we'll be right back welcome back to the show everyone i wanted to uh remind you by the way that you can participate in the next Ask Buck Show, all you need to do is go to wealthformula.com, and you can go and speak pipe, and you can leave your question. Now, the other thing you can do, I forgot to mention in the intro, is we have an app. It's a Wealth Formula app. It's really easy to get the show from there, you get all the notifications, and you can actually leave a video question, and you know, you can use it just way speak pipe. If we have something on there, we'll play it just the same. So, if that's easier, do that. Well, Definitely, uh, you should download that app though, cause it's super cool and you can, you can do fun stuff. with. it. Speaking of the app, the other thing on that app is quick and easy access to the Wealth Formula Network, which is my inner, inner community, my private community, my forum. And, um, that of course comes, uh, comes along with this course that has the likes of Tom Wilwright. uh, Kevin Day, Ken McElroy, the real estate guys, et cetera. And uh, if you want to check that out, I mean, it is a bargain. And I would love to have you part of our community. Um, we also have bi-weekly phone calls, which are a real hit. Check that out at wealthformularoadmap.com. And with that, I will leave you for the week. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.